What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the Neverland Podcast, Episode 50, with our very special guests, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Yay! Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and start until morning. Welcome to Neverland. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. And now, please welcome your host for the podcast. He's the pen. I got pen sword on the pen now! Actually, I got his microphone. He's grown up. You promise never to grow old. Here age relives fond memories of the past. His nose got real big. Well, welcome back to Neverland, and the man. And now... Your host, Jeremy. Grab your pixie from out of your pocket where you've been keeping her all week with that good attitude and sprinkle some of that pixie dust all around. Let's fly away to Neverland. We've got a great show for you this week. Lost Boy Jesse, one of my co-hosts here and the most frequent co-hosts, he has a very special interview with Jeff and Colleen Roney from the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. So if you are a fan of Once Upon a Time, you are going to love this. Uh, I have done minimal editing on this because I really didn't have time. I was actually working on fixing my brakes yesterday. So I just did a little trim on the front and on the end to kind of get it straight to the interview. And I'm going to let it fly however it is. And we'll just see how Jesse does on his first time out in his first interview. This should be great because I know he's a, he's a fan of of that show and I know they're obviously big fans and so if you're a fan of that show you're going to love this show and you're probably going to want to check out their show as well and I'm sure they'll give you all the information you could possibly want about their show I mean, that's our major portion of content today, but you know what we're going to return to this week? We actually are going to have a news segment. Can you believe it? We're actually going to talk about some Marvel and some Beyond Disney news as well, some Star Wars stuff. We've got a lot of great things to pack into this show this week, but before we really get going... I want to let you in on something that I'd kind of like to do. Um, this is November, and uh, the, the month of November features the holiday of Thanksgiving, and I would really like it if you would call 816-226-6492. This, this phone number can also be found on our website, neverlandpodcast.com. Uh, also, if you wanted to uh, tweet it to me or send it by message over Facebook or email it, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com, what I would like is I would like to hear what it is you're thankful for, and if you can do it with a Disney twist, that will be awesome. Uh, because I think, you know, it would be a fun segment to, to stick in there for Thanksgiving, to hear what everybody is thankful for, and I'm most looking forward to getting some voicemails because I'd actually like to hear your voices, and I get to share them with everybody else. So once again, 816 816- 
888-226-6492 to call and leave us what you're thankful for. And uh, I'll play that here on the air when it comes to the, the weekend of Thanksgiving, and it'll be great. And it'll be a great way to also kick off Christmas season, because I've got some plans for next month. We're going to, to take the good old Neverland TARDIS back in time around Christmas, and you're going to really love some of the things I plan to share with you around Christmas time. But that's still coming. On today's show, though, we've got a lot of fun packed in, so let's just get right to it with, by the way, we have a fun audio clip that Rob Dellinger made us, if you didn't remember it from last week, robdellinger.com. He does all these great audio things. He's a great musician, composer, uh, plays with a, game, a, a band called Stompy Jones, and he made this this really cool bumper. So just in case you missed out on it last week, I'm going to be playing this bumper whenever we jump around from segments. I will use some of my explosion sound effects and stuff as well, but I really love this new bumper. So as we get into the news... I've, I've got to share this with you again. Here we go. The official Neverland bumper. To Disney and beyond. Okay. Uh, this I got from SuperheroHype.com. Daniel Bruhl. That's how I'm figuring his name is pronounced. It's B-R-U-H-L. Has joined the cast of Captain America Civil War in a mystery role. And Al Bruhl's credits include Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious... Um, well, it's a family show. I won't give you the rest of the title. Uh, Bill Condon's The Fifth Estate, and who has been opposite uh, Chris Hemsworth, who, uh, of course, plays Captain America, and Ron Howard's Rush. Now, I haven't seen any of these movies, so I'm not very familiar with him. But he's going to return with Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and also, it's been recently revealed Chadwick Boseman. Remember, I told you he was playing Black Panther? Uh of course, the Black Panther movie is coming later, but he's going to be in Civil War and is going to be directed by the Winter Soldier sibling team of Joe and Anthony Russo. And we're looking for this to hit Mater's theaters on May 6th, 2016. Uh, so, we don't know who he is, but he's coming. I don't know if he plays good villains, good heroes. Maybe somebody will let me know what you think about this actor. Go ahead and, and send a tweet or something, because I am not familiar with him other than what I found on SuperheroHype.com. But I do have a quote from uh, Kevin Feige, and he says, With Daniel's ability to deliver intense, nuanced performances, we knew we had found yet another great actor to share the screen with some of our biggest heroes. Oh, and hey, Neverlanders, do you remember when I announced that Marvel was releasing several comic book series based on Star Wars properties? Well, it seems Darth Vader number one, the Lord of the Sith, pays a visit to Jabba the Hutt. Now, Darth Vader number one is going to be released in February of 2015, and here's the solicit that, that they've put out there. It says... Ever since Darth Vader made his first on-screen appearance, he became the one of the most popular villains to ever haunt an audience's dreams, or nightmares, I would say. Now, follow Vader straight from the ending of Star Wars A New Hope and the pages of the new Star Wars comic book into his own series showing the Empire's war with the Rebel Alliance from the other side. So this apparently takes place after New Hope, and so you've got this you know, new series jumping in there. As a, There's a Darth Vader solo series, a new Star Wars series that's, you know, going around original trilogy time. This is all coming out from Marvel, so this is a good time to hit your local comic shops coming up next year when this starts. Uh, here's some other interesting Marvel movie news. James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, says that the upcoming sequel will not be setting up Infinity War. Now, you might remember Infinity War is the third and fourth Avengers movie that's coming up. 
and of course we're expecting Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet and a lot of other things, which has of course been mentioned in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, of course, all the cinematic universe has been pointing towards the Infinity War in its own little ways, but they've all had independent stories. So, although the, it's, the Guardians has the ability to be outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it takes place out in space and yet still be a part of it, and still, of course, maintain a very independent story like all the other Marvel films have managed to do. They've had independent stories, and they've had things that are actually part of the Infinity Wars that... Uh, you might understand later if you don't understand already, uh, but he doesn't have to use that movie to point specifically to Infinity War. But of course, I'm sure there will be some elements that will be used in Infinity War popping up. Okay, we're going to jump now beyond Disney, and uh, Bond 24 has cast a villain, Christoph Waltz. Now, I've also learned that Dave Bautista, who's a former WWE superstar and very famous for playing Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, they have both been cast, actually. Uh, now, Christoph Waltz, we know he's the villain for Bond 24, but we don't know any more than that, and I'm not familiar with that actor. Uh, Dave Bautista, of course, we are all familiar with, and if we're not, maybe you haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy yet, and, uh, well, that's coming soon on Blu-ray, so here comes your chance. But now, do you remember back when they told us that we were going to get another iconic henchman, like in some of the old Bond films, like, you know, Oddjob or Jaws or, you know, those guys? Well, I'm thinking maybe Bautista is going to be one of the, that henchman. Wouldn't that be awesome? Because, you know, he is that big, strong guy, and I think he showed he's got some pretty good acting ability in Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course, you, you have to be able to act a bit if you're going to be a WWE superstar. So... Looking forward to that. I don't know any more about that story, but I'm a Bond fan, so I'm, I'm very excited about that, and I hope you are too. Warning, potential spoilers will follow, so you may want to skip ahead about three minutes, starting right now. Also going beyond Disney, uh, have you been watching The Flash or Arrow on CW? Now, I, I didn't get caught in on, on Arrow. I'm not a fan of Green Arrow, really, uh, generally, and I, I tried to watch the first couple episodes and it didn't hook me, but I think I'm going to have to jump back into it, uh, which I think I've been saying since the beginning of this show. Well, they're about to have a crossover episode this December. It's going to be a Flash versus Arrow. Uh, so The Flash will serve as the first part, and it goes by the appropriate title, of course, Flash versus Arrow. And here's the official description. Barry is thrilled when Oliver, Felicity, and Diggle come to Central City to investigate a case involving a deadly boomerang. Excited about teaming up with his friend, Barry asks Oliver if he'd like to help him stop Ray Bivolo, guest star Patrick Sabungui, I'm not sure how to say his name, I'm sorry if I butchered it, uh, the metahuman Barry is currently tracking. Bivolo causes people to lose control of their emotion and has been using that skill to rob banks. Unfortunately, the superhero partnership doesn't go as smoothly as Barry expected. When Oliver tells Barry he still has a lot to learn, Barry sets out to prove him wrong by attempting to stop Bivolo alone. However, when Bivolo infects Barry and sets him on a rage rampage, everyone is in danger and the only one who can stop him is the Arrow. I wish I'd at least call him Green Arrow. Anyway, meanwhile, Iris is furious when Eddie tries to get a task force to stop the Flash. Joe and Dr. Wells agree the Arrow is a bad influence on Barry, and Caitlin and Sisko deal with a new team in Star Labs. The episode is directed by Glenn Winter, uh, with a story by Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg, or Kreisberg, I'm sorry, I got that name wrong, probably too, and a teleplay by Ben Sokolowski and Brooke Eichmeyer. Uh, and it's set to air on December 2nd. I'm very excited about this. Now, following that episode, Arrow will bring us the conclusion of the crossover with an episode titled The Brave and the Bold. Uh, anyone remember Batman Brave and the Bold? Uh, there was a comic series. There was a cartoon. It was a lot of fun. But anyways, 
Uh, it's officially described as, okay, here's, here's your solicit again. Oliver, Arsenal, and Diggle track down the location of a boomerang-wielding killer named Digger Harkness, guest star Nick Terabay, but are surprised when they come face-to-face with an Argus team. Diggle asks Lila why Argus is involved, but she defers until Harkness attacks the building, killing several agents and targeting Lila. The arrow f- joins the fight and gets help from an old friend, the Flash. Harkness manages to get away, and Oliver teams up with Barry again to find him before he can get to Lila. When Harkness plants five bombs in the city that are timed to explode at the same time, both teams must come together to save the city. Now, that's the official solicit apparently they've put out. That almost sounds like it's got spoilers to me. You know, they, they're kind of telling a little too much. Uh, I better go back and put a spoiler warning back there. So, <laughs> But anyways, Jesse Warren directed the episode with story by Greg Berlanti and Andrew Kreisberg and teleplay by Mark Guggenheim and Granny... That can't be right. Granny or Grainy Godfrey. I'm sorry, I messed up your name. But Grain Godfrey Schwartz. And it's set to air on December 3rd. To Disney and beyond. Okay, now it's time for a few shout-outs to a few things that happened in social media this week. I want to welcome a new Twitter followers, Greg Weissman. You might know that name and be looking for him on a f- future episode of the Neverland Podcast. Go and look him up. Uh, especially follow him on Twitter. Uh, you'd be very excited to know what he's been involved with. And also, Ray Kraft, who is from all all I know, just Ray Craft. Thank you for following us on Twitter and interacting with me. We've also got a very nice comment from Rob Dellinger, who, by the way, did I mention he made that bumper you just heard? And I did remind you to go to check out his website. You can find that link at NeverlandPodcast.com. Time out! The Great Space Coaster will return after these messages! Are you a fan of ducktails, gargoyles, or tailspin? Then boy, have I got a podcast for you. Hi, I'm Jason, host of DAF Radio. And I'm Matt, the co-host. Join us as we talk about these fan-favorite shows that you grew up with and meet the people that made them. Find us at DAFradio.net or in your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, enjoy the afternoon. The kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwa and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on TechnoRetroDads.com, part of the Shock Glass Digital Network. I'm in! Now back to the program! All right, Neverlanders, welcome back to the show. I am honored at this point to be joined by Jeff and Colleen from the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having us. It was great to meet you at uh, the Friends of the Magic yeah. earlier, and yes, now we're talking so to you. Yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. It was. You guys had a fun little scavenger hunt meet. That was a great good time for everyone. Yes, and we gave away free cool drinks on a very hot day. Yes. And it was very appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad you got to participate. I, I don't remember. Did you guys go on the Columbia Voyage with us? We yes. did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. That Wonderful. was pretty cool. So many people there, I forgot who all I met, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there were a number of people, so... So let me ask you this question first of all. 
what in the world is Once Upon a Time? I know what it is. I enjoy this show, but I know there's some out there who don't. Well, Colleen, do you want to give your thoughts first? Uh, no, go ahead. I'll let okay. you. I think my quick rundown of Once Upon a Time is it is fairy tales after the Disney movies end. Disney movies that are brought into real life, facing their decisions, facing each other, facing things that they could not even imagine in books, and facing getting along with their enemies, with their friends. It's it That really, in a nutshell, I think, is it? Yeah, that is definitely a, a good high-level view of it. I think for me to describe it, it's all the stories you grew up with you know from snow white cinderella sleeping beauty you get uh beauty and the beast most of them we know as disney films but we also have these other story books <clears throat> excuse me and mythology and what's happened is somebody said what if they were in our world and so we're seeing what happens when these characters from these stories that we've grown up with in these again disney movies but stories we grew up with what happens when they get put into our world and how do they handle things like cars and telephones and then the relationships, like he said, it's after the Disney movie ends, you know, it's not just happily ever after because they're, that's not reality. So in our reality, they are, they're forced to encounter and kind of go through situations that we do it gives us a more relatable approach to these storybook characters. What so, I really enjoy, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so in this case, what it is is Snow White, the whole story centers around the fact that Snow White and Prince Charming's daughter, who's now grown up and was sent to our world, has to save all these fairy tale characters and basically bring back their memories. And that's what starts the whole show. And then there's all kinds of fun adventures throughout the last couple of seasons. Yeah, and also I think it's going to be tough for someone maybe who's a Disney fan mm -hmm. who's seen all the great animated features and it's going to be a little tough because some some of the characters in Once Upon a Time play multiple roles and that can be a little tough for someone who's grown up watching Beauty and the Beast or watching Peter Pan or watching these classic animated features and when they realize that one of the characters represents one of the characters from those films and then they keep watching and then that character represents someone else and so it it is it's it's what we said already but with a twist so i wanted to add that too sure yeah because i i like that though it's a disney show it does not follow the disney canon at all not so much. I, I think what they've done, and, and this is what we've told our listeners, you know, for people who say, well, it doesn't follow the, the Disney movie at all. Well, in some respects, I would agree with you. They are pulling a lot of things from the Disney movies. But they're they're taking these stories. And again, Walt Disney himself didn't follow the original stories. If he did, he would never have been able to make them because they would never have been, you know, able to pass the FCC or anything like that or the, you know, morals commission right. none of that it would never have happened because these original fairy tales are very grim and very dark and very not family or child friendly in the least so walt himself 
kind of put his own twist on the fairy tales, the original fairy tales. And now what's happening is the creators of this show have taken their own spin on what the original stories were and what Walt did with his movies. So they're this season right now, kind of jumping a little bit ahead, maybe to what you, you might want to talk about, but this season we're introducing frozen into the mix and a lot of things from the movie have come into play. However, if you actually know that frozen was based on Hans Christian Anderson's snow queen, you'll find that, and if you know that story, you'll find that there are an awful lot of things about the original fairy tale that are being pulled into the show, more so than even the Frozen references. So it's, an, it's a really nice blend of everything. But like Jeff said, I mean, if you're expecting to see, you know, Beast and Belle <clears throat> and Captain Hook and Peter Pan and the, the crocodile and, you know, all and the genie from Aladdin and Snow White and her magic mirror, if you're expecting, you know, all those different characters, they've actually condensed them into you know, only a handful of characters. For example, Rumpelstiltskin, who is not a Disney movie or fairy tale, but Rumpelstiltskin is the crocodile from Peter Pan. He is the beast from Beauty and the Beast. We have the magic mirror from Snow White, who is also the genie from Aladdin. So there's these blended characters that they've kind of introduced into this show. What did you think of the show, Jesse, when you started to watch it and, and all that? You know, I really enjoy the show. Full disclosure, I don't have cable or I don't even have a TV antenna. So I only have cable. So I'm watching on Netflix. Okay. And so I'm actually far behind. I'm only on season two right now. Okay. But I love it. Oh, um, that's every, great. Every, every time I watch, I'm on the edge of my seat, loving every single twist and it's like, they did that? Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's different, but that makes so much sense. Right. I, I, I just love every single twist they do. They are they're really brilliant writers. Um, Eddie and Adam, uh, Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, are the creators of the show. And they were also writers on Lost. So if you watched Lost at all and loved Lost then you'll appreciate a lot of what they do here in this show because they've pulled some of those same elements that made Lost so amazing and uh, used them in Once Upon a Time. And Lost was not a show I was into, but I know a lot of people who were, and I've heard the same thing from them also. And they've also had some of the same actors from Lost be on the yes, show. absolutely. So tell me what experiences you guys have had because of Once Upon a Time. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll try to condense it down. <laughs> we keep you on here a while. It has been a magical ride mm-hmm. for these four seasons. Three plus three, season. three and a half, yeah, yeah, almost. And I think the first really incredible moment was when I I looked at my wife and I said, "Let's drive to Vancouver, Canada," mm-hmm. which is so on me. <laughs> I think the farthest I've ever been is maybe Florida, maybe Baja. I've just, I'm not the kind of person that, hey, let's go to a different country. Let's just do that. And they film in Vancouver. They film in a town called Steveston. And so we got our driving visa. Mm-hmm. We drove up there. And it was the most incredible, incredible trip ever. The town that they use is Steveston. 
and it is relatively the same as you see on the show. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you're walking in the show. You're walking around, you're seeing the buildings, you're seeing grannies, you're seeing the standard clocks uh, store. You're, you're seeing all these buildings. And then we watch them film. We watch them set up and film. It is, if, if any folks remember the old days of Universal Studios, you could take a tram and maybe see some things being set up, but you couldn't get off the tram and go watch it. And in Steveston, you can. Mm -hmm. It's a magical, incredible thing to see things being filmed outside. Maybe if you live in Los Angeles, maybe that's like, oh, that's old hat. We've done that before. But if you live in a, in a state or a town or an area where you wish you could see that, that's the way Steveston is. It, the nicest people, mm -hmm. the most incredible, beautiful scenery, and they will they will allow you as fans to line up and group up on the other side of the street normally where they're filming and we watched that and we had a magical time meeting some of the cast we mm -hmm. had photos with Josh Dallas Prince Charming and it was just something i don't think i'll ever forget no it was a fantastic trip and and that is the thing is that the fans are very appreciated up there by the cast and the crew. The crew is very nice. I mean, you can go talk to most of the crew just about any time unless they're in the middle of something, but they're very, very nice and they're more than accommodating and they they take care of the cast, no question about that, but they'll allow the cast to come over and talk with you or sign autographs or take pictures and it, it's, just, it's, a, it's a fantastic time. Like Jeff said, it feels like you're walking in the middle of Storybrooke. Right. It's just, it's one of those crazy things. You kind of stand there in the middle of the town. And especially when they have it dressed for Storybrooke, you see all the Storybrooke signs and you feel like you're in the show. Mm -hmm. It's its really surreal. And, um, you know, even when it's regular Steveston, it still feels like Storybrooke. So the, the one disclaimer I want to say is if people are thinking, <clears throat> well, I'll just, I'll, I want to go up there. I want to watch them film. And the only thing I will say is it's like, the planet's lining up. Mm -hmm. You you just can't buy a ticket and go up there and say, okay, I'm going to stand in the middle of the town and watch them film. We were very, very, and then insert about 10 or 12 other very in luck. We were so lucky mm -hmm. to see what we saw. Yeah. And, you know, some people go up there to go meet a certain star from the show and they're disappointed. They go home and they see the town but they don't get to meet any of the cast because there's a lot of filming that goes on inside the studio. Right. But sometimes you're lucky. Sometimes you go and you you get to meet whoever. But it is a once in a lifetime. When it all lines up together, it's a really a magical thing. But honestly, in and of itself, the village of Steveston, which is a small little fishing village, and it's got a rich history with you know fishing. It's a it's a charming little place to stay. It's a charming little place to look around. And again, you might get lucky and you might run into some cast, you know, or even crew from the show while you're there. If you plan it right while they're filming, when they're actually actively filming, you frequently get the opportunity to do so. But again, there's no guarantees. It's hard to say when to go up there, but that's that is one of the things. It's still worth it to go up there and actually see the town itself. There are a number of places around Vancouver that are, I mean, it's Hollywood North. 
that's been known for that for a while. And if you wander around enough, you start recognizing, oh, I saw this in this movie, or I saw that building in that movie or TV show. Or you may find that not only Once Upon a Time, there are other shows that film up there. So you may bump into another show and maybe just maybe it's one you really appreciate. And, and so it's worth the It's worth the time and effort, but it, it, for nothing else, the people in the town are absolutely just the nicest people they you'd are. ever want to meet. I mean, it's, it's, I know people joke about Canadians being overly nice, but it's true. They're very nice people. They're very accommodating, very hospitable, just a very, it's a, it's a great place of vacation. The weather, you can't beat the weather. So for, for that, I would say definitely worth the shot. And that was one of the most magical things that happened for us. So that was season one. We were very fortunate right after, in between filming season one, uh, season, they were starting to film season two. But um, another thing that we've had that I would say experience-wise that has been great for us is we've had a number of cast members call into our show and leave voicemails. And we had probably the majority of them in our season one run. Uh, I think everything was so new at that point that they were... They were kind of excited about what was going on. And so we, we regularly got voicemails from the Seven Dwarves or mm-hmm. from other cast members. And we've had some great um, call-ins from the, from the folks on the, the, on the show. And then, you know, we've had a, few, a number of them here and there. We've had a, recently this season, we've gotten a, a couple of great call-ins from some of the cast members. Um, we've met a number of people across the country around the world that you know are listening to our show and they're fans of the show and we've made some really good friends doing that so i think you know if you're going to talk about experiences with the show that's been a huge one for us we went down to the paley fest uh, twice when once upon a time the cast was there that was an incredible moment we also had as hot as it was during friends of the magic it was oh, twice yeah. as hot when we had our Once Upon a Time meetup at Disneyland. Yeah. And it was so hot. And I thanked everybody up and down. It was so hot on the Sunday. In the afternoon, I just stopped everything. I said, everybody go to a hotel, go to go somewhere cool for a couple of hours till the sun starts to go down. It was just so hot. But it's been, you know, that mixed with the, the podcast and the the emails from all over the world it's been it, it's been an incredible incredible situation and uh we're just so grateful that it's still going on so we are and you know we see on a lot of our twitter feed and facebook and people that we've made friends with through the show they're making friends and their lives are changing from being friends with people on the show uh we know a couple of people who live on opposite sides of the country and they regularly find time to get together and take little weekend trips up to vancouver or you know to disneyland or to walt disney world or you know new york to go you know check out shows on broadway it's it's amazing there's a lot of activity in the fandom um, there are groups within the fandom that you can, if you identify with, you know, the Evil Queen, they, there's a group called the Evil Regals, and they love Lana a lot. A Who lot, doesn't? a lot. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she is an amazing person. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that I've seen. I've, you know, I've never participated in a fandom from another show. We never really got into any lost fandom or anything like that. Um, and this is the first time I've experienced this, and I'm I'm amazed at how 
close people have gotten, how friendly and how tight these relationships are that they've had now for the last four years because they've, you know, got this, they started out with one thing in common and now they're finding other things they have in common. So it's, um, it's interesting. I, you know, I know you probably know that with Disney, there are definitely different types of fans for Disney as well. And there are some fans that are very into Disneyana, or there are certain fans that are into the artwork or fans who are into one park or another or one coast or another. And, and so you, it's kind of that similar thing, <clears throat> excuse me, where people are getting together and sharing this common, common passion. One thing I'm a huge fan of is the fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen it take off like I've seen it with this show. Yeah, there have been a number of folks who have written fanfic for Once Upon a Time. And from different perspectives, there's a number of them. Uh, a couple of them, I think, have gone even like graphic novel type. Probably. I I know that... Uh... One in particular, I haven't read that, but I know that there was a lot of interest with the uh, Ruby, mm-hmm. uh, Little Red Riding Hood, and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And there was a great scene when they were sitting on the edge into the pier, and they really started to relate to one another. And unfortunately, uh, we didn't see them much anymore, but I know that that was one one of those relationships where people just started to write their own stories about it. And, and that's, I think that's another great quality of the show is some people call it, it's a fan fiction of, you know, these classic stories. Mm-hmm. It's someone's actually rewriting it. And so because of that, other people are kind of continuing on that. And yeah, fan fiction, artwork, there's all kinds of different really yeah. creative uses of being a fan that you kind of spring off of there and uh that you definitely fan fiction is a huge part of it now let me just on the spot for a second and this is going to be hard and it's going to be like picking your favorite child but who's your favorite character <laughs> well <laughs> depending on the day yeah. um i i actually have a couple of favorites i i do um rumple has been my favorite from the beginning love rumple stiltskin just absolutely love him. i'm kind of crushing a little bit on the actor who plays him and that's part of the reason but i absolutely adore hook hook and robin hood are now my two two of my favorite ones i honestly love the whole cast i don't think there's any character i really don't like i did not care for a character that I don't know, depending on where you are in season two, if you're in the early part of season two or the end of season two, you may or may not have encountered her. But uh, I there there have been a couple of characters I have not liked, and um, but for the m- most part, I really love all of them. I I would say my favorite character is August, <clears throat> and he was the Yoda for Emma. And there were some really great, great dialogue moments that he had with Emma trying to help her believe. And that really solidified. I really enjoyed his character so much. And when he called in and left a voicemail for the show, that was the top. I I love this entire cast, 
But when he did that for our podcast, I just went, this guy mm-hmm. is, is the coolest. But I, I really did love his character. So Wonderful. Uh, I know that for me, I think I, I'd agree with Colleen. I think Mr. Gold is one of my favorite characters from mm-hmm. Stoltzkin. Yeah. yeah. And I just love the angle that they're going with his relationship with um, Belle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That is a wonderful plot twist that I'm just, I cannot get enough of. He's the beast, her beauty. Now, you haven't, you are not alone in this, by the way. There's an entire fandom group called the Rumbellers. Right. And they absolutely love Rumpel and Belle together. So you will find that they are rather passionate about this pairing, this ship. And this is a ship that I can get on board with. Good. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's a great one. I will tell you that from season one, Skin Deep is one of my favorite episodes ever. Yes, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And I would say, and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm far behind but I agree with that. Yes. Well, you're how far into season two are you right now? Uh, I just finished the first New York episode. Okay. Okay. All right. A lot of, a lot of fun twist ahead. Yes. For sure. You do have some interesting stuff to get through. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not, I'm just going to share my personal opinion. Season two was a little rough for me in a couple of spots. Uh, but I powered through it, and I promise you it's worth it. Even when something seems perfectly ridiculous, you're like, wait, what? Just power uh, through I, it. I have those moments, and it's like, okay, I'm going to keep trying because they're mm-hmm. still going to show, and I hear it gets better. <clears throat> Season three was epic. Just, so just hold your hold on hold on through power through season two get through all the information and when you when you ride through season three you're just gonna be like you're gonna be yeah bouncing off the walls it's awesome when now, three was neverland in oz is that right that is that correct, is correct. Yep. okay yeah 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 I've, I've done my homework i know what's coming up so <laughs> i have to, i have to get through the veggies before i can get to the dessert exactly right. exactly and i'm telling you right now i'm really enjoying season four so uh I know some people are a little unhappy with Frozen coming in. It's too early. Too early. No, I think it's perfectly timed. So, and I think I think if you really can appreciate that they're using the movie, but they're also using the original story, I think you will you will appreciate it as well. Now, did I hear in one of the spoilers that they also brought in mm-hmm. some Mickey Mouse elements in season four? Well, mm-hmm. no. Oh yes, yes. Oh 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 yes. I, I, that's right. That correct. Uh, the what? Uh, yeah, I don't. I guess the the shows are out now, so we can discuss that. I I understand what you mean now, and yes, there are some Fantasia yes moments yeah. and character references references and that kind of a thing. Great episodes, and that's what I love about about uh, Once Upon a Time is. They say we are using the Frozen story and the Frozen characters, but they also bring in Fantasia, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because mm-hmm. Fantasia is one of those movies that is rarely seen. I know Disney fans have seen it, but most most of the kids who have seen Frozen and love Frozen, I would say never have seen Fantasia. And Fantasia was one of those incredible experiments that Walt Disney did with great classical music and great animation. I mean, mm-hmm. he was firing on all cylinders, but it was one of those movies that was kind of hard to get people excited about. 
It wasn't a Bambi. It wasn't a Peter Pan. Right. And we're talking about the original 1940 right. Fantasia, right. not the 2000 or whatever it was remake. But it, that was interesting. Which was a good but, movie. Yeah. Don't right. get me wrong. Right. But the original was classic. But yes, I, indeed. I know for me, I saw Fantasia as a kid, mm-hmm. and it was okay, but I didn't appreciate it until I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's true. That's absolutely true. So, uh, yeah, those are things you have to look forward to. <laughs> now, what are you guys looking forward to in the series? What what twists and turns are you thinking is coming up next, and what are you on the edge of the seat for? Well, I'm interested to see how they kind of resolve things the first half of this season um i'm you're you're not going to really recognize this so much since you're watching on netflix but those of us that are watching it on abc on regular tv um season three they did the same thing we call it 3a and 3b so there's season 3a was all about neverland and it was an 11 week run and then they had a hiatus for like three months three or four months and then we had season 3b which was Oz-centric, and then that ended season three. Prior to that, they had just kind of run them, and there was, okay, in two weeks, coming up in two weeks, you're going to see this, and we're like, wait, what's happening? What about next week? Oh, we're on hiatus. And it was really hard to tell when there was a new show coming out. They didn't have it. It wasn't very well organized, and unfortunately, a lot of things like award season kind of uh, messed up the the schedule, and I think it frustrated a lot of fans. So they really got smart and scheduled 11 weeks straight, no hiatus, and then the four-month break, and then another 11-week hiatus, or another 11-week run, and then the summer hiatus. So they're doing the same thing right now with season four. So the first 11 episodes were going to hopefully tie up the storyline with Frozen. And then rumor has it that we're going to see a character we haven't seen in a while come back in season 4B, the second half, and I'm frankly quite excited about that. I I think I'm excited about the Snow Queen because again, there's nothing. I, I'm not saying that the Frozen story isn't interesting, but I think they fit the Frozen story in with the rest of the Once Upon a Time other story arcs that are going on. So, with the introduction of the Snow Queen, everybody thought that Elsa was going to be this evil bad character mm-hmm. which was not the case right she's misunderstood and i think a number of people felt that that's the way they were going to introduce her and they were right but the snow queen has this story that's really evolving now we find out that she has two sisters who are they what happened to them and and it don't give too much away i'm not i'm not but it's just the the story is is it's always evolving. It's always changing. And you, the minute you have an answer to a question that you've had, you have more questions now. And so that's what's fun about it is it's never, it's not a police drama where it's the same, you know, kind of story. It's just, it's, it's arcing and it has all these 
well, other little facets to it. The so. other thing I will say about this show, and I'm sure you've probably recognized this up to this point, is the character development and the character growth that you see in the show, especially if you look back from season one to season two, then to, from season two to season three, and, and you start to recognize, hey, wait a minute, that character would never have done that before. Wow, they're really growing up or mm-hmm. they're really growing in this in this area. And again, it's... Things you can see, you can relate to from a human perspective. The character development is fantastic on the show. They're they're showing people struggling with, you know, old habits. Old habits definitely die hard. But they are showing that people have the ability to change or better themselves or better their situation. And it's it's very a lot of good messages, a lot of message of hope and and family and love and and they really do have kind of almost a theme for each half of their season that they're doing and you start to see that theme and it 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 just it's very interesting to see where they're going to go next i'm interested in jesse your approach to the show you're a disney fan when did you realize that you were hooked or it interested you uh, on the show? Yes. Uh, actually, I st- it's, let me think about that for a second. When I I first saw the show, actually, when it was on ABC, mm-hmm. um, my now ex was enjoying the show. Okay. And she would watch it every Sunday, and I'd try and watch with her while I was trying to get the kids down to bed. And so mm-hmm. I'd miss what was going on, so I'd miss a little plot twist here and there. Um, so as soon as I got Netflix, I said, well, I'm going to start watching again and see what I missed. One of my um, one of my friends from my blog that I do was a huge fan, so we started talking about, it and we realized all the different plot twists that were happening. Mm-hmm. And just within the first twist or two, I got hooked. Mm-hmm. Just the possibility of Emma and where her character was going. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I appreciated as I was watching even just season one mm-hmm. was how everything they showed on the TV, everything in the show was happening for a reason, even if you didn't understand what that reason was for another three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite examples is the episode where they flash back to Emma's teenage years, where she's in Portland, where I grew up. Nice. nice. Uh, that was a nice little twist for me, realizing that part. But her back with her character development there, and with Neil, who we learn in season two, has an involvement with Mr. Gold. Mm-hmm. I won't say what that involvement is for those who haven't seen the show. Right, right. But that that little development really hooked me when I realized a full season later that's why they did that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So just I just love those little details and things like that and those little twists where you don't expect them. That keeps me going. Uh, the grumpy character is another one of my characters who I just absolutely adore and mm-hmm. love seeing with her going with him. <laughs> Grumpy is quite the character. We love uh, Lee Ehrenberg. He's a fantastic actor. And a lot of people don't realize, uh, but Lee Ehrenberg was in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Mm-hmm. And totally different. <clears throat> very much so. He's very versatile, and he's uh, just an overall really nice guy, and he's a really good actor. We really enjoy watching him play on the show. Um, you've mentioned you've, you've mentioned you had your experience up in Vancouver, and you've mentioned you've had some call-ins. 
Have you had a chance to actually do any interviews with the characters or the actors? Unfortunately, no. Our our time and and work schedules just won't allow it. But yeah. we we do have our voicemail line open, and it has been used by some fantastic people. Yeah, for it sure. has. It absolutely has. And as a matter of fact, one of the dwarfs, it was uh, Sneezy, answered some fan questions and sent in an audio mm-hmm. file. Yeah. So they they they're getting to us, whether it's uh, voicemail or. Yeah audio file but uh yeah i just can't we're hoping that eventually we will get an opportunity to interview them we're trying to work on you know ways to make that happen at things like comic con or d23 or WonderCon. you know if they appear we're trying to make that happen it's just a matter of scheduling and making sure we get to these conventions and things and so yeah we're working on that but they have been very gracious to yep. send us audio files or call into our voicemail and leave messages. And um, I think it was couple. It was first season, season one. We had pretty much all seven of the dwarves except for Grumpy. He was in the middle of filming scenes with uh, Snow White. Right. But we had all seven. Uh, the other seven. The other of the seven dwarves, and actually Prince Charming, though he didn't say anything. He was in the room. We found out later. He's listening. <laughs> he was listening. Um, they called in and left us a really nice Christmas message for all of our listeners, which is really cool. Wonderful. Um, so let me ask you this question. Uh, for the fan who has never seen the show or saw one or two of the first two episodes and decided to give up on the series, why should they watch? Why should they go back and try it again? Why should they invest their time? I would say because it's a well-written show, there are fun things for everybody to see and enjoy in it. And they do. Like you said, there are a lot of plot twists that you don't see coming. There are things that are just, you kind of go, wait, what? No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. And and you're on the edge of your seat and you, you want to know what's going to happen. You can't wait to see the next episode to see where they go with it. I honestly think that... It's it's uh, it's a well crafted show. The flashbacks to the you know how things were in the Enchanted Forest versus what it's like in Storybrooke. That's a that's a big draw. The other thing I would say is honestly, it's the relatability of these characters. They are just like everybody else. When you realize it, when you start thinking about it, it kind of puts the characters you know and love. It gives you insight into who they are, why they did what they did, um, why they make the decisions that they make. And it gives you that whole what happened after the movie was over, the Disney movie was over. Or in some cases, what if the Disney movie had one little thing changed, would it have gone this way? It's, it's, a, it's a great show as far as, like I said, just the plot twists and the, the relatability. It's just, it's just a great show. I would also say that since I'm a movie fanatic and probably a rock and roll music fanatic as well, they put all these little Easter eggs from rock music mm-hmm. to movies. Mm-hmm. I, I, are you a Hitchcock fan at all, Jesse? I've seen one or two Hitchcock films, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. Vertigo had a tracking zoom shot that made the uh made it compress 
And so when Jimmy Stewart looked down this this tower when he was going up the stairs, he experienced vertigo. And there was this really famous tracking shot. They did it again in Jaws with uh, Brody, or I'm sorry, uh, the sheriff, and it, and it compressed when he sat forward. They did that shot in the season one, the final episode. And so there's these little tip of the hats to Star Wars. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of Star Wars connections. Mm-hmm. Hero's Journey, Joseph Campbell. There's a lot of names from rock bands like Grace, like Grace Slick, mm-hmm. Jefferson, Jefferson yeah. Airplane. Yeah. So it, it's not just Disney. Disney right. is part of it, and these characters are, are part of it. Right. But it's also just pop culture, right. right and left. And if you keep your eyes open and you keep your ears open, you'll hear and you'll see stuff, and I'll go and, and I'll just go, oh my gosh, that's Jefferson Airplane. And, you know, the White Rabbit song for the episode about the Mad Hatter. So, I remember that. that yeah. That yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all going on, and there's so much really fun things to look for besides the great story. So, And plus, I, I just love the costumes. That's just... Oh. Yeah. God, with the period pieces. Oh, let me tell you. Eduardo Castro is fantastic. He is such a genius with costuming. He makes the most gorgeous costumes for these gowns for the the evil queen. I mean, her wardrobe alone is just spectacular. And then you get into, you know, Snow White's clothing and and even the princes and gold. I mean, Hook, wait till you see Captain Hook. Oh my goodness. The the guy is a, is just a genius and actually for those that don't know if you're in the California area and you happen to go to Disneyland Resort and you go to California Adventure right on the Hollywood Street as you're heading towards the Tower of Terror or towards the theater to go see Aladdin, on the right-hand side, there's a shop called Off the Page right next door to the animation building. And they have four of the costumes from the show in the window there. They've been there for a couple of years now. And Henry's book. And the book, a copy of the book. Yep. So they have, uh, and you can see just the incredible detail that they put into it. And uh, it's it's brilliant. The settings, again, you know, they film a lot of the outdoor exterior shots for the town right there in Steveson. They do a lot of the Enchanted Forest is actually up in the hills near Whistler. And uh, you'll recognize a lot of that. Same scenery if you're a Twilight fan. They filmed a lot of the Twilight movies up there as well. well but we'll, we'll that part. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know a lot of people don't like Twilight. I don't know why. But anyway, um, but they, <laughs> they film a lot of movies up in that area. And this, the, you know, they're using the natural settings. They're using the, what's already up in Vancouver to stand in for other areas. Vancouver stood in for Portland, actually. So they, 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 the scenery is gorgeous. The costuming is brilliant. The casting is probably some of the best I've seen on television. We absolutely just love the cast. They have not really gone wrong at all with any of the casting choices they've made. And it's really unfortunate because while they're really good for this show, if they're only in a couple of episodes or a couple parts or, you know, an episode here and there, they tend to get snapped up by other TV shows. And we've seen a couple of the actors that are, that I've played on once upon a time as, you know, some of the like 
supplementary characters, mm-hmm. they're getting lead roles in their own TV series. You know, Megan Ori, who played uh, Red Riding Hood, she was on a TV show with Josh Holloway from Lost, ironically, um, for a season. So she wasn't on Once Upon a Time much anymore after that. And then we know that Sidney Glass, the magic mirror and the genie, he ended up, he was on Breaking Bad for a while. And then after he was on Breaking Bad, actually, I think he ended up on once upon a time after breaking bad, but he ended up in revolution. So there, I mean, we've had, uh, you know, a number of characters that have gone on to other things. So that, that just speaks volumes to the talent and the level of, uh, acting that they're pulling in. It, it may seem self-serving, but I'm going to say this is that the reason we do a podcast is I think for folks like you're mentioning, that watch a television show and say, I'm just, it's, I'm not getting it. I don't right. really understand it. Right. I, I just, that's when you listen to a podcast. I would su- suggest ours <laughs> that we will help you. We will walk you through the story. We'll tell you about things that we notice. Mm-hmm. We will theorize. We will talk through. We'll read the emails from the other listeners and people that watch the show. So it becomes, not just a person watching a television show and saying, I, I don't I don't really like it or I don't get it. But now you're part of a community. Right. You, you we're talking with you and, and we're with you. And and that's that's I think what makes the show great and that's what makes podcasting about it even greater. It's this whole community aspect. It's not just us. No. It's uh, not just you us. Know, I mean so. we, yeah, we're the ones on the mic, but it's not just us. Right. And, and what we offer is we offer the connections and things and the themes that are running throughout the show that may seem kind of, you don't really maybe recognize or things that kind of, you know, just little things here and there. For example, Mary Margaret Blanchard, Mary Margaret, um, the name Mary Margaret actually originally came from the child that supposedly inspired Snow White but Blanchard is a derivative of Blanc, which is French for white. So little things like that, you know, Mr. Gold, naming him Mr. Gold in our world, Rumpelstiltskin, Archie Hopper, who is a grasshopper, who's Jiminy Cricket in, or not a grasshopper, he's a cricket, Jiminy Cricket, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that, pointing out, oh, Regina means queen in Latin. So having, you know, these little tiny little things that we kind of will point out, oh, yeah, this person's name means this, this person's name means that. It's interesting that the Cora, Cora means heart. So, I mean, Corazon. Corazon, So when you find out who Cora is, which you you may not have at this point, but if you know who Cora is, Regina's mother. Exactly. So little things like that. And then the connections, you know, oh, what's happening with this character is mirroring exactly what's happening over here with these other characters or, you know, that kind of thing. And it just I think it it enhances the watching experience, you know, when you start to really get to the meat of what's really going on. You'd be surprised how many aha moments I had just you talking about the names like I, Mm -hmm. I knew Archie Hopper. Yeah. But the other ones I totally overlooked. Oh, yeah. There are, and there are so, a number of them. About, so tell me about the podcast. How often do you guys release? And is it, do you parallel the shows? Do you take the summers off? the ha- Or do you keep going during the breaks? We have two shows per week. 
we record first thoughts right after the episode airs. So we sit down the minute the show is over and we talk about our first thoughts about the show. What did we notice? What kind of things are we seeing? And if we have any kind of theories that have kind of, you know, come from what's happening, theories about what's coming up, or if we need to kind of say, yeah, we were right. We totally guessed this is gonna, what was going to happen. Or I would or, say I was oh, wrong again. Yeah, totally wrong again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we didn't see that coming. We yeah. totally thought it was going to be this. Yeah. So we have that kind of thing. And that's our first thoughts. It's just the two of us. We, it's just literally what we think about the show. Then again, later in the week, we record our main show, which is where we incorporate anything. We watch the show again to make sure we didn't miss anything important. We look for feedback from our listeners through emails, voicemails, Facebook, Twitter. We get all kinds of feedback from our listeners about things they appreciated about the show, things they wanted to point out. And we've gotten some great theories from our listeners and some things that we totally totally forgot to talk about oh so-and-so said this which is the same thing that was said but oh oh my gosh totally missed that or this was happened here and it mirrors exactly what happened back in season one you know just little things like that so we record that show Uh, the first two seasons we actually uh, first well technically three we took our summer hiatus so we didn't we tried to kind of incorporate some little fun stuff season one season two was really a tough thing for us schedule wise so we we took the summer off and then season three we took the break between the the first and second half of the season but after the season was over we decided to create another podcast that was where we watched disney movie classic disney movies that are related to the show and then kind of gave it our fresh view with a once upon a time spin on things. So where we could see and correlate how they were using things from, you know, the original Snow White. We started with Snow White and we said, okay, so we know Snow White's a very, you know, that's the core of the show. The story of Snow White's this core of the show. What did we see that they used? Oh, they used this or they used that. And, oh, we missed this. And, wow, they could have totally used that. And kind of gave it our own little spin on the movie that we hadn't seen maybe for a long, I mean, I hadn't seen Snow White in probably 20 years. Mm-hmm. And so watching it again with fresh eyes, seeing it again, uh, we called that part of our podcast Disney once again. So yep. it was, you know, Disney with a once upon a time twist, but we're seeing it again. So um, we will probably do the same next summer, maybe perhaps. Uh, I think we're going to take a break this, this hiatus between first and second half of the season Yeah, for the Christmas break. Yep. Wonderful. Uh, last question that I want to ask is what movies would you like to see incorporated in Once Upon a Time going down the road that they haven't touched on yet? Boy, I think I think they've done well thus far. I mm, You know, I'm. I think it's a full house already. I, I'd love to house. see more Mulan. I don't think we've seen the full scope of her story. I, I'd like to see more Neverland. I. I that's kind of my thinking. Is, you know, definitely I want to see more Maleficent. That kind of and and that's where I'm coming from. I want to, I want to see a more complete story with what they've already got on the table, and they, you know, they pulled in Frozen. That's great. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just I I, I still have more more questions and and I, I want to see more from what they've already done. I actually have two movies I would really like to see them pull in. One would be Jungle Book. Okay, that'd be real interesting to do. Not sure how they'd manage that, um, but I know that they would be very very clever how they would pull Jungle Book in because you I mean you got Mowgli. But then you've got the animal characters, and we've seen how they've taken some animals and turned them into human beings, and vice versa. So there is definitely a room for that, I think. The other one I really want to see them pull in, I think would be fascinating, would be Tarzan. Hmm. So, um, And I think that with Tarzan, they could take the Disney portion of it. But I would love to see them pull the original um, Edgar Rice Burroughs version as well. They've been kind of hinting around, and, and there's been a lot of talk about 101 Dal- Dalmatians. We already see Pongo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pongo is already, already on the there. show. Yeah, he was there from so, the beginning. You know, that's almost a, somewhat of a given, I think. A little bit, but not necessarily. I mean, right. there's so right. many. They, I mean, look, they pulled Hansel and Gretel in. So they've yeah. pulled not just Disney movies, they pulled in fairy tales that we are aware of. They've pulled, Rumble Stiltskin's a fairy tale. It's not a Disney movie. Um, Hunchback of Notre Dame would be another fascinating one that I would love to see. That was one I was thinking of. Yeah, I I actually really enjoy that movie. Um, but they've pulled in a lot of, even they've pulled mythology. King Midas is a mm-hmm. big one. Medusa. Medusa. Yeah. They've pulled in. So, I mean, they've pulled in some other things from other places. I I would really like them to kind of go that route with the ones I mentioned. Uh, I think there there are so many places they could go. So many places. I, I really would have liked to have seen more of Oz. We didn't see enough of Oz, true, I didn't think. True. And I know a lot of people didn't like as much as we saw of Neverland, and other people wanted more. I think if we'd seen a different aspect of Neverland, I think it would have been different. And you'll understand what I'm talking about when you get to season three. But um, I loved it. I thought it was a, f- a phenomenal uh, just section of the season. It was it was really good. Um, but yeah, I would love to see them pull in some of the other the other movies wonderful well jeff and clint i want to thank you again for joining us on the neverland podcast today uh we're going to take a quick moment to tell everyone where they can find you on the big old internet all right especially for the frozen story in once upon a time we have a new earl url that people can find us on the internet it is once is frozen.com I figured we would <laughs> blend the two together that yeah. way. Yeah. And also, we're on Twitter at O-U-A-T Podcast. And we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash O-U-A-T Podcast. And for the not frozen season, they can still get to us at onceuponatimepodcast.com yeah. as well. That's all year round, all season long, no matter what season we're in. Correct. And you're on iTunes and Stitcher and all that good stuff? Yes, indeed. Yes. So the same place you find Neverland Podcast, you go, can go find the Once Upon a Time fan podcast as well. Right. Definitely worth the listen. Listen to Neverland Podcast yep. first. And then, <laughs> then come over listen, listen to, us, to yeah. the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. <laughs> And do yourself a favor, be caught up on the shows before you start listening. Actually, you know, with all of our stuff that you can go back and you can look at through the archives, if you start watching the show from the beginning, we have a number of episodes. We're up to 252, I think it is now. Mm, two, 251. We I just think finished 251. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
we're we're we've got enough to keep you entertained. Uh, if you're just starting, you can listen along with. Um, you know, watch the episode and we, then listen to our podcast. Yeah, it. we actually have something really special for folks that are brand new. Right. That maybe maybe have watched these um, episodes now for Frozen. But maybe they're saying, I want to start at the beginning. And maybe you'll benefit from this too, Jesse, is that we have uh, a special link. It's onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-T start. And if you go there... There is a really great introduction to characters, introduction to places, telling you what these places are, what that building is, mm-hmm. who this person is. We really try to keep the spoilers out of it, but I th- I think we've done a great job say this is Archie Hopper, you know, and this is this is this and this is that, but also a little bit about little Easter eggs that are mm-hmm. coming up. I think it's a great introduction and then at the end of that, we have links to the first uh, episodes of our podcast so that you can listen along as you watch, you know, on Netflix or wherever. So that's a great link. It's onceuponatimepodcast.com slash O-U-A-T, start. I'll be going there in about 15 minutes or so. Really, I'm really proud of that. Fantastic. Uh, a, a listener of ours, Brad Pogris, very, very talented, put that together, yes. and I think it's fantastic. Well, again, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Hopefully we'll see you soon at Disneyland. I hope so. Sounds good. Well, once again, I want to thank Jeff and Colleen Roney for being guests with Jesse there to talk about their podcast, the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, and of course, Once Upon a Time, which is still very popular, especially now, I'm sure, with the Frozen characters making their appearances. And I'd also like to thank you for downloading and listening to the Neverland Podcast this week. We appreciate, of course, all the feedback that you give us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Blueberry. You can find links, if you have not reviewed us yet, you can find links on the Neverland Podcast podcast website neverlandpodcast.com and go and leave us those reviews because i'd actually you know like to share some and they really do help us out so go ahead and leave a review and tell us what you think about the show and don't forget to tweet us and talk to us on facebook because we enjoy the interaction so until next week remember to keep your pixie in your pocket and keep that wonderful positive attitude so you can share it with other peoples and don't forget to call 816-226-6492 with your thanksgiving memories wishes or whatever you want to leave that you're thankful for thank you for listening to the neverland podcast please subscribe and rate the show on itunes stitcher and blueberry we love to hear from you on twitter.com slash neverland and Facebook.com slash Neverland Podcast. Leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And send email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. Join us next week and we'll once again go to Disney and beyond. The Neverland Podcast is copyright blue band productions and all original content belongs to the same. Other content is copyrighted by their respective creators and is used under Creative Commons license.